You got another question? You too? I came prepared. Better boy. Yeah. He stole from Craig. I said that last one I stole from Craig. I was like, that's a good question. Oh, I like robot for a second. Craig bringing the question. Man, I, I came correct with notes. He did. He, had, he brought his own notes on his phone. I'm like, that's a good question. I can yeah, use that. See? The added value of being prepared, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. This was half an hour before I was leaving. <laughs> I didn't do any prep, man. I just showed up with a head cold and was like, let's like, do this. I'm here. I mean, he's listened to more episodes than anyone but me. That's true. <laughs> I was binging today at work. So Kyle listens to the most of us talking. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I do. Well, I, I have to. Oh, then. you just, I got to take a selfie of all of us. Oh, yeah. Can us. Courtney do it so we're all in it? Unless you got a, I'll just, like a phone stand or something. Just a second. Just a second. I can get us all in, can I? Got that Samsung wide angle. What's my hair like? Oh, no, Craig, you got to lean go. in. There you go. All right, ready? One, two, three. When we were at Big March, Craig was promoting nice. podcast. Nice. a boy. Yeah. We got some listeners at Iceman. They listened yeah. to all the episodes. Did they? Yeah, because I saw the spike. Oh, nice. So they must have listened the whole way home. <laughs> Those guys are pretty cool. Yeah. All right. The, the dude we met at Big Marsh was super cool. <laughs> Interesting fella. No helmet. Yep. With a kid. Oh, dude. We saw a guy there before. He was drinking beer and doing the, the big line without a helmet on. Same dude? No. Oh, Different guy. Oh, okay. Still there. I'd be happy to hear that he was still there and not dead because he was a madman. <laughs> still yeah. alive. Drinking and jumping with no helmet on. Not a good look. No. Not like my 30s. <laughs> Craig and I would do a case of beer at Boyne Highlands in a day. <laughs> I was laugh, Scott. <laughs> Pretty spicy. I don't know how you guys drink and do that. <laughs> you talk about We go fast, too. Yeah. Have fun like on dirty dancing. Yeah. I'm, I'm in Kyle's boat. I can't drink and ride. It loosens things up. I know it does, but I get too loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should probably do like a mic check real quick. Make sure we're... I got a little robot-y there for a second. We didn't, we didn't change anything didn't on change the... change no. Okay. You kept wanting to look at Craig. I know. That's tough having Craig next. I even told Craig about this. I'm like, all right, we got to make sure we're kind of at a corner here. Can you, can you move more this way? Yes. Without... See if I don't get static. There we go. Uh. There. <laughs> I got to move myself, not the mic. Uh, that, okay. Guess yep. the fart. Guess the fart. Quick, quick. Oh. oh, who had duck quack, duck quack going once? I said, Wank. I don't know. That. <laughs> it was funny. I had a buddy send me a video of the fart game. He goes, dude, new favorite game. I said, for sure. The only problem is my wife will never play that with me. My three-year-old 100% will play that game with me. When I, when I put Grace in the bed last night, he ripped one right as I put him in the bed. He's like, tell mom I ripped a good one. <laughs> like, it was the last thing he said before I walked out of his room. He's like, make sure you tell mom it was a good one. <laughs> She'll be so proud. Kids say the darndest things, don't they? Jeez. Yeah, my problem was letting my kid know that I thought farts were funny. They are funny. Yeah, Gosh, dang they, it, are. they are funny. <laughs> yep. You don't want to tell your three-year-old girl that, though, because she'll grow up farting all over the boys or whatever. Who knows? Or it's a little boy repellent for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or that. Are we ready to get started? Yeah, ready. This. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome back. My name is Kyle. This is the Pedal Progressions Podcast. Brian and Kellen, how you guys doing? Good. Awesome. And just like our last episode, we have Craig Frazee back as our guest. Hello, hello. Thanks for coming back. Hey, thanks for having me. Like lately, we've got a question from Kellen. What yeah. do you got for us? So my question this time is on your personal bike... What's the most neglected maintenance item? What, oh, what's something you don't man. you don't like doing? You don't touch. I mean, I never lube my brake cables. <laughs> you bru- you lube brake cables? Doesn't SRAM Axis have those new wireless brake cables? You guys have wireless everything. I'm still <laughs> my bike's from 2014, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, hydraulic brakes have been a thing for a long time. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I said I meant. Oh, geez. I'm an idiot. Let me start over. I never lube my shifter cables. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, you're not allowed to cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still have mechanicals. <laughs> it's a mongoose. <laughs> How about you, Brad? What What's one thing you do not do maintenance on? I'll run tires to the ground because I don't like changing them and getting them set back up tubeless. Like, I just realized how bad my rear tire is on my XC bike. It's terrible. <laughs> like, I need to buy new ones, but one, they're expensive. Two, they suck to change. And like our Whistler episode, there's a 50% chance I'm going to put it on backwards anyways. <laughs> How about you, Craig? <laughs> Two things. General maintenance. Um, I don't wash my bike a ton. And that could be like a sacrilegious thing. But I have this theory that applying more water and having the dirt migrate into all the places that it shouldn't be 
is worse than just riding a dirty bike. I'm with you on that one, dude. Maybe it's theory. Maybe it's not. If you you ride it enough, it all falls off is my theory. That's true. You know, keep the chain kind of clean and throw some lube on it and call it good. Yeah, I'm not the best at washing my bike either. But for me, definitely my one I neglect the most is pivot bearings. I never tighten my pivots. People always say, check them all the time. This guy has broken linkages because his pivots have railed loose and fell out. I've done it more than once. I'm, I'm horrible at it. The problem is to check them, you might as well just replace them. That's true. Because you're you're blowing the whole thing apart anyway. (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, I tighten mine almost every ride. I never Mm. tighten mine. I put my bike together once and said, that's good enough. Yeah. And we've got silly engineers that make certain bolts not left-hand thread. So I don't know if you've ever had a bike with a pivot where it's not reverse threaded and it actually rotates itself loose. I had a hunk of junk enduro bike for a little while that had a couple problem pivot bolts that because they weren't counter-threaded, would always, always, every ride, work themselves loose. Usually, I would only check my linkage bolts if I feel a rattle. And at that point, it's probably too late. But if you're, I guess, super hyper aware of that, then maybe it wouldn't be an issue. But yeah, I never check mine unless it's loose. I only check mine when they fall out. I'm like, oh, I'm missing something. So wait, bro, you're (laughs) telling me we're supposed to check this every time we go for a ride? Because I don't do that. (laughs) What's a torque wrench? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. You keep Allen keys in your truck? (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yeah, I'd well, I was kind of joking when I said shifter. I said brake cable like an idiot, but (laughs) I, I, I really don't ever lube my shifter cable. But you guys don't even have shifter cables. You guys are all electric and remote triggered or whatever, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't check linkage. I'm even kind of bad with my chain. Usually if the chain starts queaking at me, it's about time I do it. But yeah, to Craig's point, I never wash my bike unless it's absolutely needed. Weren't we riding like last year and we checked your chain and it was like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I had a chain checker and that thing wouldn't even register oh, on the gauge. Stop. Dude, I... Okay, oh. so that's true. Yeah, dude, that chain has been with me since 2015. It came from... A transition smuggler and it i think yeah it went right from that bike to the bike that i'm on now and the the chain checker tool it's got like a zero to one is like the give yeah. that it gives it was way beyond that like it was maxed out and i still had like realistically two to three millimeters of play in that thing with it maxed out you probably had a whole extra link in there you didn't need to at least oh it was skipped so bad but i was i had that change since 2015 man i rode it like it's been so many places on that same bike you uh, had memories you couldn't part with it <laughs> I, you're not supposed to get sentimental with your chain <laughs> yeah well, it's just been like why not keep going with it it's it's obviously meshed to the cassette pretty well you know when you change your chain you got to change the cassette so so I totally had that at the Fall Enduro, getting ready for this race. I'm like, I'm going to do some maintenance. Got a fresh derailleur, put it on, fresh chain, put it on. We get out for the practice day. The bike is popping and banging out of gear left and right. My buddy goes, did you put a new chain on an old cassette? Yep, I did. <laughs> so sure enough, I brought the old chain with me, this poor, greasy, crusty I always picture like an old man with a walker, just kind of like, <laughs> we'll put that thing back on for one last ride. Um, That's how but, I feel every time I ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the new one didn't mesh with the cassette and the, the chain ring and something was off. It was just, you try and give it power and it would just boom, boom, boom. But then boom. as soon as you put the old one on, it was fine. Money. Nice. Ridiculous. That's so, what I was worried about. So like I knew I'd have to like, and I knew I wanted to do something different with my cassette. So I did a little bit of research, but I finally did change my chain. And I actually like kind of took a video of it in case I needed to use it for some reason or whatever. But yeah, I got close-ups of me doing this, like the side-by-side motion with that thing maxed out. And it was, it was so stretched out. It was not good. I, got, I learned a thing or two about how to you know, maintain your chain, I guess, that day. But yeah, it's been with me for so long. And I haven't had any problems with it until that summer, which I think was last summer. Did you keep that chain as a... Uh-huh. Yeah, I did. I'm going to do something cool with it. <laughs> Yeah. Make a trophy like the, the yep. one up there. Something like that. Some sort of woodworking project. I'll do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. Things been to so many places. I can't believe it even lasted that long. Every time I go up for a ride, like up until I changed it, I wondered, I was like, today's the day. This is a ride. It's going to snap. Smash my nuts on the top bar. Probably <laughs> never did until I just started skipping gears. And Kellen's like, yeah, your chain needs to be changed, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good about lubing my chain in that and checking it. Before every ride, I pretty much lube a chain, check my tire pressure. And those are the two things I do pretty much every ride, but everything else I let go. All right. So Kellen's a, Kellen's a 
a linkage checker. Not a Kellen's not a linkage checker. I'm not a chain checker. Brian, what were you? Were you a dirty bike or? I'm the Craig dirty bike. Dirty bike. Yeah. I didn't know if you guys were both were the were the same. Mine was tires. Tires. That's right. Okay. Yep. That wasn't really good. But so speaking <laughs> of neglecting your bike all season and then wanting to get it done right now. We were just at the Iceman this weekend. <laughs> That's a good segue. Every mechanic in Michigan is aware of the joke I just made because everyone wants their bike done three days before Iceman. Complete tune-up, new drivetrain, not even test it. Let's just throw stuff on there and hope for the best. I guess just for people that don't know, the Iceman is, I believe, one of the biggest point-to-point XC races in the country. I think it is the biggest. Almost 5,000 riders. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize there was that big of a draw. You hear the name left and right, but yeah, it's 5,000. The, big, the biggest point-to-point race in the country. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. It's been around forever. The way it works is the fastest guys go early in the morning, and they leave from Kalkaska, and they go to Traverse City. And after that, there's like 50 waves of riders progressively getting slower. And then at the end, the pros come through and make everyone look silly. <coughs> pros go last? Yes. So Kellen and I were there on Saturday watching the race, and we were on Icebreaker Hill, which is the last hill before the finish line. And we got there towards the end of the waves, which was pretty fun because we got to watch the people that maybe it's their first bike race or they don't ride as much. We saw some real old bikes and Mm -hmm. like racks on their bike and it's a big mix but it's really cool inspirational like cheer these people up the hill and like right in the middle of them those super fast like juniors were coming through they must start later you get this big giant like 240 pound dude out of the saddle failing to climb this hill getting up and walking and right next to him you've got a 70 pound child with toothpicks for arms and legs just (laughs) motoring by (laughs) just watching the people grit their teeth the determination trying to make it up that hill using all that for the have and then little 10 year old just whips by them (laughs) demoralizing power to weight ratio really yeah Yeah. and then like so we watch all them come through and then all of a sudden a motorcycle comes through and the crowd like fills in there's thousands of people watching the race as well and these pros go by this hill and it's probably a five percent six percent grade Mm -hmm. hill at least it's a steep hill yeah the pros are climbing the hill faster than I could climb it on an e-bike. Whoa. Like, I couldn't have beat the pro riders and the Iceman on an e-bike. Now, I remember the thought I had. There's a dirt bike that leads the pros to kind of make sure everyone's out of the way, clear the way. And that dirt bike went ripping up that hill. And I thought, man, that guy's just showing off. You know, he boosted the hill a little bit. And the pros come around this corner and rip up that hill just as fast as that dirt bike went up. And I was like, holy cow. Like, unreal there is no way i could r- rip up that hill that fast like if give me e-bike any bike start me at the bottom of that hill with one of the pros and the pros have already been riding for an hour and a half there they would blow me away even though i was riding an hour and a half and i there's no way i could beat them up that hill you it's, couldn't even see who was going by because they were going so fast it's like watching a rally car race huh. so it's all in the bike though right the really lightweight expensive parts that's the entire deal right they had really light, expensive bikes, but man, it wasn't all on the bike. <laughs> I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. How many of these pros, if any, are on fat bikes? Uh, zero. Zero. So every time I see pictures of people who did the Iceman you know, on Facebook or whatever, it seems like I see a lot of fat bikes. I thought that was kind of the draw is Iceman. It's maybe snowing. I know it's like early November, but it there's... There's not many. No one's out of fat bike for the most part. At least no pros. There's a lot of fat bikes, but not in yeah. pro class. You uh, see gravel bikes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like Nick Garrison rode a gravel bike and did fairly well. The thing with the Iceman is you never know what you're going to get for weather either. Yeah. Some years, I'm sure a fat bike would be, be better, but it was actually decent conditions out this year, and the trails are running fast. Yeah. So the Iceman has been a race forever. And years and years ago, there was a bunch of us that rode for a shop, Modern Extreme Sports, up in Traverse City. And we started building these free ride trails because that was cool then. Like the first New World Disorder videos and cranked. If you haven't seen them, check them out. It's worth a watch on YouTube. Shaky camera, you might get sick, but it's good to know where your sport came from. So go back and watch it. But we do the movie premieres and we would do a jumping demo at the Iceman in the campground. And while we were all in town, we decided to start doing this race, this bootleg downhill race. 
Last year, we had to cancel it, unfortunately. There was a death up there, which is terrible. You never want to see another rider go down. And James was a good dude. And this year, one of the highlights of it was his wife was there promoting the foundation that they started. That was awesome. Anyways, we were all up in Traverse City for, and we decided to start doing this race. The way we did the format was everyone would bring a bike part. And that was your entry fee because downhill racing, even then, was getting super expensive. You had to carry a license. You got one run. You're looking at a couple hundred dollars to do one run. So to like loop it back, we would do the demo, try to recruit some XC guys, come up, bring a bike part. Everyone's got a bike part laying around or a six pack of beer or a pint of whiskey, whatever. Bring it and we'll have a community effort. We'll rake a trail out. We'll race a downhill race. And at the end of it, we'll grab parts and six packs. Usually the better riders have enough bike parts. They grab the six packs of the whiskey and they put in good parts because they're sponsored and the lower riders get the good parts and the people at the end get screwed. Basically, <laughs> is how it goes every single year. But I believe this year was our 19th bootleg. I think I think it technically it was our 18th. It would have been 19th, but we didn't do the race last year because of what was going on. And we had 60 people. Three quarters of this table were there. Kyle's friend was there representing him. <laughs> did pretty well. JB, what's up? But, yeah, I mean, it was. it's probably my favorite event of the year. It's the only event that I get nervous for. I've traveled around the country and world at that and done races, and I'm really good about keeping cool. And like an idiot, I fell in the middle of the course this year because I got overhyped and fell in the easiest spot of the whole trail. It's because you're racing against all your friends, everyone you know. Travel around the country racing, whoever, you know, I don't know this guy, whatever. You know, if I lose to him, I lose to him. But you don't want to lose your friend you ride with every day. We know everyone. That's why it becomes so competitive and so much fun. And it means something that you can beat him and you can brag to him for the next year until you do it again. I mean, everyone here has done at least one. Like Kyle, you've done a couple, right? Yeah, I've done uh, two or three, I believe, at this point. Callan, you've done a ton of them. I've, yeah, I've been to quite a few. Craig, this was your first. I thought it was awesome. Such a grassroots core riders type of event. I thought, I had no clue. I'd never ridden at Copper Ridge before, so didn't really know what to expect. This place kind of has this reputation of being big hits. I didn't realize how fast it was going to be. So the particular course that we were racing... It was pretty much go as big as your brake fingers let you go. A um, couple of these jumps had landings for a mile and times were based on how big are you willing to go over some of this stuff and how wide open are you going to hold it through some of these corners. So I thought the conditions were awesome. The people were super, super cool. The takeaway for me was XC dudes are fast downhill couple of the Iceman guys showed up and I was blown away at their bike control, bike skill, and overall pace on a hardtail or maybe 100-ish millimeter rear, maybe less travel bike with lightweight tires. And these guys are flying, sending all the same stuff we're doing, the drops we're doing. But I was really taken aback at the talent and the skill that a lot of those guys have. So it's not just cardio. It's not just expensive bikes and expensive parts. They got some talent. Yeah, it's amazing some of these guys that show up and how much talent actually shows up at this race. The race course changes every year. We do different trails every year. This was a pretty downhill, send it big type race where years past, there's been pedaling sections. that were if we, if we were doing one of those pedaling section trails, those cross-country guys would have whooped us all. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. Yeah, it does seem like that event, even though I've only been there, I think, I think I've only done it twice and I've been there for it three times. But the first time that I was there, I didn't ride. I had a shoulder separation that was kind of fresh, I think, from what I remember. And uh, just seeing the time, I was a timer, so I got to see all the times come through. Even though you're not charged any money, it's not like publicized, that race was where all the talent in Michigan ended up. And I think that just kind of spoke to the uh, like importance of that race and what made it so substantial was like, this is where all the talent is, and it's underground racing, so to speak. I was impressed. I was happy to race it the next year, and I was humbled. Yeah, those dudes are fast. That's a fun place to ride. Yeah, the talent level is real high. You get a lot of current people that race Cat 1 or Pro Class, and you get a lot of old people like me who at one point were real fast. 
the mix of it and the competitive nature of it, it's pretty wild. Every year, it seems like someone else shows up and just wins it. You never know who's going to show up with these things. Yeah, you, you can sit in the parking lot and like, oh crap, he's here? Oh no. Oh, he's here? Oh, you can already just start counting down. That's exactly what you do. I watch who pulls up and be like, oh, I'm down the third place now. Oh, I'm down the fourth as people are rolling up in their cars. You had your best ever finish this year, right? I did really well this year. Yeah. There is couple people I've never beaten before that that was kind of my goal is beat them and Adam Raphael he's always fast and I've never beat him before in anything and I edged him out this year I was happy about that uh Levi one of the original builders out there like knows that place the back of his hand beat him I beat Brian took him out <laughs> but the tree lost the tree in my bike took real big hits. And then I ran him over to make sure he stayed down. <laughs> my worst ever finish was this year. I probably was likely to go last. You know, we we're all done with our run, so Brian dropped in last. I'm like, I'm going to drop right behind him. I'm going to go see his lines. He was trying to keep secret, and I was flying right behind him. And I can admit that Brian was pulling away from me a little bit. He definitely would have beat my time, but he hit a tree, and I was right behind him. Then I ran his bike over and kicked his water bottle down the hill and... <laughs> I was on a heater for sure. And the one spot we didn't practice the day before, because it was so easy, wiped me out. There was one route. I remember it well, because I hit it a couple times and went, what, what is that thing? Yeah, I, showed you, I showed you the line because I was so mad after I fell and I did awards. I'm one of the organizers of the race, and I project well in like speaking in front of people. So after we did the awards and I got up there and did all the talking, I needed to redeem myself with my bloody hand and bruised arm. And I was like, hey, Craig, you want to follow me down a heater? <laughs> I showed him the fast lines. Yeah. Turns out you guys were skipping one jump, <laughs> which I'm going to call is worth a second. I lost the race like two years ago because of that jump. Ugh, it's, I hit it because I was being stubborn and like saying everyone had to hit it. Ugh. It's funny because me and Brian will see stuff and some stuff we'll tell each other, others we won't. And that jump was one of the things like, are you hitting that jump? He's like, no, I'm not hitting that jump. I'm just riding around it. Because the thing is, if you hit that jump, you're in the air. And when you're in the air, you can't pedal. Yep. Or if we want to run that jump and that whole time we're in the air, we're actually pedaling and cranking, gaining speed is what we were doing. And we did it once. We said, yep, that's faster. And we didn't do it again until race run. So no one else saw it. Oh, I practiced hitting the jump every single time. Oh. I wanted everyone to see me hit that yep. jump every time. That's what we both did. It's, it gets, <laughs> it's a good strategy. It gets, it gets that competitive sometimes. You're racing your friend like, okay, I got that. We're going to keep that a secret and wait till the race run to pull that out. I oh. told our buddy Mitch, future podcast guest, he volunteered for timing this year. He probably regrets it. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to be less organized than the events he runs, but... Uh, I told him all of my lines and I'm like, I'm just not telling Kellen any of these. And I, like we sat down and went through all of them and he ended up fourth. I was going to say he did really, really well. Super impressed. He's always super fast. He's great at following lines and he dialed him in. Riding with him is like riding with you at Highlands, like putting down a super fast line and these guys can keep up on anything. Sometimes you put them in front and it's not always exactly like that yep <laughs> no idea what you're talking about for the record is the line that you guys i don't know maybe you can tell me this is the line that you guys raced at bootleg this year the same as 2019 no it's different okay we I haven't mean, run onion in a long time because the drop in the middle was kind of in shambles it was a real rough takeoff to rough landing and the trail that you ran in 2019 went under that drop we jumped over that trail this is a trail that jumps over with berm. Okay. I'm lost at this point, but I had a or I had a jump in mind when you guys were talking about which one you would skip. Was that like, one I, was on the course. Okay. It's like you hit that jump or not hit it like us. When we did it that year, you hit a berm and then you hit a step down. And this right. time we hit the jump and jumped over the berm down the hill. Oh. So we went straight from that point. I, okay. So by skipping the jump, I mean, we were sending that jump probably 40 feet down the hill. Yeah, you skip that one jump so you can pedal, and man, you sent that next one deep, the you next two deep. It. And that's what it came down to, how much you want to play chicken with how far you want to send that. Nice. So, I mean, bootleg's like pretty much our favorite race of the year and freest race of the year. <laughs> and it keeps growing. I mean, we had 60 riders this year. And that's a big turnout. Well, what was sweet is it wasn't 60 people that have all been there before. No, There's a whole bunch of new people every year. I'd say over half the riders were new. That's well, awesome. Well over. Like, I'd say two-thirds of the riders were new. And for me, a big thing when I was giving awards out is I noticed how many legacies there were. There were dad and son racing. That is so cool. And mm -hmm. that was pretty amazing. 
I mean, Craig and I almost knocked Andrew Farron's child off of a Strider on our heater run at the end. <laughs> but soon enough, that'll be a three legacy because mom and dad race. Yeah. And I mean, this kid's probably three years, maybe two years from at least being able to ride down. Grayson will be able yeah, to ride I'm, down probably I'm next sure, year. Yeah, I'm sure my kids next year or possibly the year after that, kind of depending on what course we do. Leland, Levi's son, has done more bootlegs than three quarters of the riders there. Yeah. I don't know how old he is. He's young teens. I know that. I follow him on Instagram. He's pretty active. <laughs> we had a, some guy that owns a bike shop up there, too, and he was putting in, like, brand new full-face helmets and brand new, like, knee pads, L pads for prizes, too. Like, some of the kids that did well, they got a brand new Liat full-face helmet. Yeah, That's I think awesome. Mitch actually put those in because Mitch uh, did. Yeah, he runs MI Bikes, and they had a deal with Liette for the DTE Enduro race, which is also a good time if you're looking for a, a fun event. It's not super expensive. Yeah, shout out to Mitch because he he had a full timing system in that. You know, you get the bottom of the race run, and he gives you a printout of here's your time, like a little receipt how fast you went. You know, it's pretty legit. Yeah, everybody gets a chip. Just like all the enduro races I've been to, you get a chip and tags you at the start, tags you at the bottom, and you get to run trains there. So multiple people can drop and have be on the same race run. That's awesome. Get their unique time. Yeah, hopefully he does it again next year. Yeah. We didn't scare him away, but I, <laughs> I think his fourth place finish will make him interested in doing it again. I'm hoping. We just have to tell him all podium finishers gotta, are required to come back. We got to keep him just off the podium so he wants to keep coming back to the podium. <laughs> oh, I know how that feels. <laughs> I think what stood out to me, I was shocked. There were a ton of fast, fast dudes there and ladies, but there may have been, I put in a 50 second mark, right? There was like 10 or 12 riders on the 49 second mark alone. Just shows you how tight the racing actually was. So You were 48, right, Kellen? Uh, by time, time was 48, yeah. Yeah. yeah like next person above me, it was like 0.18. Super tight the whole way. Alex McTaggart was 44.5. Yeah, he cooked it. I'm watching one of the videos that someone took and you can just see him in the middle and nothing spectacular, but you know he's going faster than everybody else. I mean, that guy, between him and Mike Courtright, they have the fastest times on every trail at Boyne Islands. Yeah, he's quick. So that's kind of like, for some of us, the Super Bowl of our year is to get done with the bootleg. And then you kind of start into this fall, winter, trying to keep biking alive. It gets dark at 3 o'clock in Michigan. Not really, but seems like it. I mean, three o'clock, five o'clock, you're not home from work. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's dark when you're done. And last night, Craig and I both raced. Alex, two-trick Tony, had his GR Race League race at Richmond last night. And that got pretty spicy in the fall. I won't ride at night and don't like lights. So I had to cram four runs in as fast as I possibly could. Just a machine on the hills. Craig shows up, completely dark, cheats with his dog. Hey, I mean, somebody broke the beams at the top. Somebody broke the beams at the bottom. I had two wheels. He had four paws. <laughs> Turns out he's pretty fast. <laughs> oh. We had to handicap his time every time. It was good. He enjoys mountain biking more than I do. So got to get the pup out. And it's getting like harder and harder to like cram these little things in just to keep the stoke alive. But it's also, we're now getting into winter and raise and joyride season. And then also trying to get our fitness up for next year. How do you not forget how to ride a bike? So when you get on in April, you don't smash a tree or forget how to jump, any of that stuff. So what do you guys like to do to like keep those skills polished for the winter months? Man, I'm solely reliant on trips to raise and most recently as of last year joyride 150 that's the only place i ride during the winter and usually it's it's pretty rough the first time we go to raise it's leg cramp city by the first day the end of the first day for sure day two so i guess as an effort to mitigate that this year i'm gonna join the zwift train i haven't done it yet but i need to i've decided Running outside, doing two miles in the cold where it's dry, nose bleeds, lungs are burning. It's not the same as pedaling. You know, you can do that as much as you want, but as soon as you get to raise, you're just reconditioning all over again, just breaking all those muscles back in, and we've all been there. But yeah, I'm going to join the Zwift train this year, but for the most part, I'm completely reliant on trips to raise and Joyride 150. 
Do you think you'll bring your daughter this year to race? You know, she did really good at the GR bike park this summer. I've taken her there, I think, three or four times. And if you guys are familiar with the roll-in to the jump line, she did that by herself for the first time last last Saturday. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, you know, the first few times you kind of walk her down with the your hand on the seat and then you know, your hands on her shoulders. And then pretty soon you get a little higher, take it off sooner, take it off sooner. She's just all smiles. She's not even paying attention. Pretty soon you're just like, oh, she goes up and down by herself. I think she's pretty close. I think she would do good. I would admit that it would be kind of a, an obstacle to my riding there. But, you know, I do think she would love it. And I think she'd have a good time. She does get burned out kind of quick. And I think it's just because her butt gets sore, you know. But I think I would rather see her pedal a bike. She's not a common soul balance bike. But I think I'd like to see her pedal a bike before we go to raise. But I think she could handle it. I just think she'd get tired out too quick. And then we're there, you know, an hour. And then we got to take a break or whatever. So... We'll let her get a little older, a little more experienced first. Nice. I'd say she's about a year and a half, two years away. So Ray's is definitely top of the list for me as well. Um, But I also kind of flipped the switch over to ski and snowboard season, which is pretty dang leg intensive. But Michigan, you get real short runs. Doesn't matter as much because you're you're sitting on a chairlift after a minute or so. But uh, I'll I'll make the commitment here. I'm going to put my flag in the sand. I'm going to try to to lift some weights two to three days a week here moving forward and try and get on the stationary bike a little bit more. I, I won't commit to that just yet. <laughs> but if one thing of my past couple of races I did this last season has showed is I stand to gain a lot of positions with just fitness alone. And I, I really want to take that serious moving into this off season. So a little bit of raise, quite a bit of skiing, a little bit of snowboarding. And Joyride 150, I listened to this podcast (laughs) and they gave me an overview of Joyride and they have me very, very excited to go check it out. So let me know when you guys are going. My birthday. (laughs) All right. Sign me up. 43. Yeah. (laughs) And and I'll I'll mention Horns Hill in Ohio tends to stay a little bit warmer and they'll have some nice weekends where they run the shuttle down there. So hope to get a, a couple of trips on the books there and and maybe some super soupy peanut buttery muddy wind rock trips if you can catch it frozen it's great Ooh, that sounds even worse than midsummer no Dust it's, Bowl. Lot, it's, yeah. it's the best conditions i've ever frozen, is it frozen's actually really good okay all right have you ridden rays before i have i've been there twice i rented a bike both times so last year bought a dirt jumper actually from nick quality unit really really well spec bike with the intentions of going last winter win a total of zero times so really looking forward to getting back there and and i know those guys are there's more two by fours in that building than anywhere else in the world i think but they're good at keeping things fresh and always changing up how some of the rooms look and some of the lines are so quite a few changes over the past couple of years is it new is it fresh they just did a big remodel there. They moved their whole foam pit and okay. had a whole bunch of more kind of beginners jump stuff like that. Cool. Good for little kids or getting them jumping. I haven't been there yet this year, but I've seen videos and it's looking pretty good with changes they made. But they're always changing something or making it better or adding. Yeah. I'm just thankful that we have something like that to go to in the middle of winter. And wasn't there a similar park in Wisconsin, Milwaukee? That didn't end up making it. Was it, it was, an extension of Rays? It was a Rays, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Rays Milwaukee, and it closed down. Yeah. So That was unfortunate, because that really was the best indoor place I've yeah. ever ridden. Yeah, I preferred Rays Milwaukee over the Cleveland one. Mm. It was smaller. Really? But, but it was more stuff that I like to ride. I've seen that the guy that I bought my dirt jumper from was just riding at Four Seasons in Wisconsin, and Four Seasons looks worth a trip as well. Another indoor spot? It's an indoor skate park, but they've got a whole like rhythm section box jump line. Cool. Turnaround looks tricky. It's definitely turning to my wrong side. It's just like a hip jump to your offside. No, it's a quarter. Oh. But I'm coming oh. in on the side that I don't turn too well, so it's going to be an alley-oop at best. <laughs> so for me, I go full Zwifty in winter. I set a hard date. We're October 1st. I'm riding my bike, and I ride it till 1st of April. And I set a goal of every week. I want to ride 100 miles and with at least a mile of elevation every week. So all winter long, five months straight, 100 miles a week, one mile of elevation. And I come out in the best shape I am all year in April. That's what I do all winter long. 
some weeks are easier than others. Like this past week, I was had a little bit of a back uh, issue, so I went easy beginning first couple days. And today's Friday, I had to hit my goal, so I had to go ride the Alp de Zwift climb. If everyone knows who that is, it's it's a 35 foot straight climb up a mountain. It sucked. 3500 3, <laughs> yes. It's over an hour, just a straight climb up a hill, about 9% grade, and it sucks. Just got to make those goals myself, and that's why I stay in shape. Otherwise, yeah, raise, joy ride, and that. I always look forward to getting off the road bike on the trainer and riding some of those jumps and that just to switch it up. But Swift is the way to go if you're going to do a riding in the winter. It's a video game, essentially. You know, you get to ride with other people all over the country, and there's a whole list of people you can see when you're riding. It shows their power, you know, ride next to them. You don't want to get past. It's just like riding a bike. It's motivation. You know, there's stuff you can earn or win just by riding your bike more or riding it fast. It's just little things that keep you going all the way along. Kyle and I just had our very first Zwift experience um, here in the podcast studio. And, you know, walked down here for the first time today and noticed that there is this almost like hammock looking thing strung in between the handlebars and the seat post. And it looks like it has some absorbent materials on it. Uh, It's a bit of fabric in a triangle shape that appears to serve no purpose. And then I thought about, do you end up in the pain cave on Zwift? And that is in fact a sweat catcher. So we we popped the shoes on and, and pedaled a little bit. But the first thing that was apparent to me is, oh my gosh, am I out of shape? <laughs> you start getting into like, I think it was a 1% grade. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm dumping gears and breathing hard. Um, so I can definitely see how Zwift would be a good off-season tool to keep in tip-top shape and challenge your friends oh yeah it's it's pretty realistic i mean you hook the trainer up to, to the game and as you're going up a hill in the the game it the trainer makes it harder so it feels like you're actually climbing hills or going down hills or you can draft people and as you draft people it gets a little easier to pedal and it's pretty complicated actually once you get into it and inquiring minds want to know how far and how long did you go before it started to suck? So I went for a grand total of four minutes and 20 seconds. That was when you got your shoes off. <laughs> Not when you got off the bike. I think I, think I climbed maybe 50 feet oh, of elevation. It was, it was 96. It was 96, almost 100. I'll take that any day of the week and maybe like, a mile. <laughs> and you were about ready to sweat. I turned the fan on, and these guys looked at me like I was on crack for trying to turn the fan well, on. He made fun of you at first. Like, what's that fan over there for? And he got, you know, two minutes later, he's like, turn that fan on for me. <laughs> I think to sell a, a, the wind on the breeze. Maybe yeah. It's realistic. Yeah. But yeah, then we stuck Kyle on it for the first time. Kyle's never done it. And also couldn't reach the pedals. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's so tall. I couldn't use a seat without like, you know, having to wobble off the side to get my leg to extend. So I stood up. I don't even know how far I climbed. I didn't go that far, but I stood up the whole time to the point where I was huffing and puffing. Couldn't sit down though. I was using your sweat catcher as a sack support. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got to get one of those things. That would be a good tool because as soon as I sat down, I brought my heel kind of close to my butt and I felt my, my hamstring cramp a little bit. <laughs> It's not good. It's not good. I just went for a run like two days ago, too. You'd think I'd be not See, what, that tight. What's fun about those, too, is we have friends that, like, uh, Jesse, he moved down to Tennessee. You know, he has it, too, and I'll ride with Jesse every now and then. Like, we'll go for rides together, even though he's down in Tennessee and I'm here. I'd still get to ride with your friends sometime and compete against each other. Like, oh, who can climb this hill fastest? Or what was your time up this hill? Or how long did it take you to complete this course? And Riding with friends always pushes you, and especially on that game, when you can see what they're putting out as far as how much power and how fast they're going, it gets real intense then when you're riding with a friend. I can't wait. That's what I need. I need someone to push. Courtney used to FaceTime with Adam, and he'd be like, I'm on a mountain bike. Stop it. (laughs) Because there's definitely an advantage to riding a road bike and having that gear ratio. Oh, yeah. Having having a road bike helps a lot with the gear ratio because it is geared towards road bikes. You can run whatever bike you want, run it, really. I, I know people that ride them, ride a single speed. They push that one gear up, whatever it is. 
Yeah, and for for those of you, it was new to me, so maybe I'll stick my neck out for anybody who is unfamiliar with the Zwift movement and the Zwifties overall. Um, So there's basically just a big electronic unit that replaces your rear axle, really, and you run your chain over a little cog, correct? Yeah, it goes... It's got a regular cassette. Yeah, It goes in place of the rear wheel, so where your rear wheel would go, you actually put the trainer in the dropouts for it. Yep, and then that's connecting to your computer? Uh, I have an Apple TV. Kelly okay. uses a laptop. Yeah, there's, okay. you can run it through your phone. You can run it through Apple TV. I run it through a, a laptop. There's multiple ways to run it through now. It's pretty connected. Pretty advanced, and it shows your watts, your RPM, your, and then the biggest thing is you have live avatars of other people who are riding at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. The same exact route or road or whatever you're on. And that's what really, really drives the competition, I think. Is yeah, it, somebody it, blows your doors off all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. I want to go chase him down and catch him. Or, oh, I'm not going to let this guy beat me up this climb. You know, you just want to push just a little bit harder so you cross the finish line just before he does. You'll and, see pros on there from the Tour de France. Like, I watch it. I'm pretty entertained by the whole thing. You'll see the real pro road bikers on there, and you'll see pro mountain bikers on there. Like, I'll just be riding, and I'll see someone I know from Grand Rapids. <laughs> I was riding once. When you see a pro or someone's been verified, there's a little symbol by the name, and I saw that symbol verifying he was an actual pro, and it was said Lance Armstrong. I'm like, oh, that's actually Lance Armstrong. Like, it was verified, and I was riding with him for a second. I'm like, oh, he's not bad. I can keep up with him. And he was pushing a little bit of pace. Well, then he put it on, and there was no <laughs> way I was staying with him. I'm like... <laughs> It's crazy how good some people are on that. Just so what's what's kind of the barrier to entry to get the base level Zwift setup? Let's say you already have a mountain bike. You can use it? You could. Okay. I bought a super cheap road bike on Facebook Marketplace for $200. Oh, that's legit. Yeah. <laughs> that's the road I went with, too. I found okay. a super cheap road bike and threw it on there. But you need some type of trainer. It doesn't have to be one that you take your rear wheel off. That's oh. a smart trainer. You can do the kind that you wear. Like, I know Brian Davis from Local Roots. He uses one that you just spin your tire on, and it has resistance This is just the most accurate way to have the direct drive smart trainer. Gotcha. The ones that you don't take your rear wheel off of are quite a bit cheaper. But, I mean, you can find them this time of year, like while it's still early. I think the time change might be the early... Might Cut be off the yeah. for like getting a good one because uh, I found this one. I got it for Courtney for three hundred dollars, and it came with a road bike that's in the other room. And then we just switched the two bikes on and off, and just made sure that we use the same cassette for both bikes. For the app, they do charge a monthly cost to use it too. It's it's about fifteen bucks for as much as I use it. It's it's worth it for me. You know, I'm using it a minimum of five times a week. If you're familiar with video games, a lot of them want to get any type of money they can from you, anywhere they can. Like, oh, you got the game. Now I want this cool thing in the game. You got to buy that for five, you know, the three, four bucks. Where Zwift is you can earn stuff like bikes, wheels, other stuff, but it's not a pay. You actually have to earn them by physically riding your bike uh, or doing certain things in a certain time. Like you got to climb this hill and under a time and you can actually earn the stuff. You know, it makes you want to ride your bike and earn stuff because why not? It's something cool. Not everyone gets it. Let's just push yourself and get it. It's just one of those things that make you want to ride your bike more. And well, you earned it too. That's, that's just it. it's something, hey, I can show off. I actually earned this. I, I didn't just pay money for it. You know, I climbed this hill and under a time and it sucked. It was tough, but you know, I got it and I'm going to run it so everyone else can see. It's one of those things that makes you want to keep riding your bike. Just kind of had that little video game feel to it. Quality to it. But yeah. $15 a month, roughly, pay to play, you know, use it for three or four months and then cancel it, you know, in the summer if you're not going to ride it. You know, what, 50, 60 bucks? I mean, to keep you in shape all the way along, that's that's nothing. One of the, well worth it. One of the and cheapest. nice when you've got an, inter- uh, an injury. Oh, yeah. There were times this season when I was a little bit beat up and I could just get on and pedal to loosen up my back or I dealt with messed up ribs for over a year. And it was something I could do to just loosen my body up and get some movement in. Me and Kyle are kind of similar where we do a lot of like CrossFit gym stuff to train for our bike season. Olympic lifting, high intensity interval training, stuff like that. For me, the Zwift is something to get on, have some fun. With all the other riders on there, it pushes me out of my comfort zone I hate being passed. I hate being passed on a trail. I hate being passed <laughs> on the road. Don't like losing. <laughs> I don't like falling in the bootleg. 
<laughs> and uh, so it keeps my wattage up while I'm riding, and it's fun. I do the Tour de Zwift. That's a blast. There's a thousand people in every stage that you sign up for. You just kind of pick where you want to be. Like my goal is always upper third. If I'm in the upper third, I'm having a good year. But I try to get a lot of my results from lifting and doing the interval training and going to the gym, which is way more expensive than the Swift is. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Realistically. Yeah, there's a there's a really nice parallel that you can pull from mountain biking and the gym. One of the things I struggle with is we have equipment. When I say we, I mean my girlfriend and I have some weightlifting equipment, a bench, uh, dumbbells, basically anything you would need to do a pretty decent workout. However, it's in the basement and there's nobody yelling at you in the basement to pick things up and put them down. And there's no community of people there that are going after the same pursuit. That's one thing I've definitely noticed is if you have a gym and people who are holding you accountable and you're maybe excited to see some of those folks and you go in and you're part of something, then it makes it a lot easier to get in and work out versus, hey, I might have all the equipment in my basement, but man, it's boring down there. <laughs> I, don't wanna... I love going to the gym and the people that I go to the gym with. I'm right on the verge of making a gym switch. The only reason I haven't made the switch yet is because I enjoy the people. I enjoy the competition there. The gym I go to is eighth day downtown and it is a very competitive place. Like That checks out for you. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. like humble pie every day there. Yeah, if you like having a group of people or, you know, someone to ride with or a group of friends, there's a bunch of groups you can join on Zwift. For me, I, I'm part of one. Uh, they're called DIRT, which stands for Dads Indoors Riding Trainers. That's what that means? <laughs> that's, that's what DIRT means. So, yeah, if you, if you see them, they sell DIRT. I see them all the time. That's what it stands for, Dads Indoors Riding Trainers. But they host their own events. <laughs> and you kind of get to ride with these people and that. And, oh, this person may live in a different country or across the state, but you kind of know them and you can... They have an app on your phone where you can see all your information on that, but you can text these people and talk to them, have chat while you're actually riding this stuff too. And that's your thing, having a group of friends, a group of people to ride, keep you accountable. They have that there too. So you almost get a little piece of your summer mountain biking group just in a different way. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, the competition aspect of it, if you can make working out fun, then yeah. you're going to work out. And I think competition is fun. Like yeah. If you, if you can compete with your buddies to, to push fitness, that makes it interesting. That's... In a, in a nutshell, kind of what CrossFit's done until our gym closed. But yeah, I loved I love going there and kind of feeling the pressure from other people not to finish last. Like you said, puts you out of your comfort zone. Like you wouldn't normally do that by yourself, but if you got someone pushing you, it only just goes, it gets better or exponentially. You get What's that? Or you get hurt. Or you get hurt. <laughs> Half my injuries this year have been pushing it too hard when I shouldn't have been. <laughs> Coming back a little bit early from an injury, seeing someone I know at the gym and then kicking it into that second gear. It felt fine at the time with adrenaline and then it didn't. Yeah. Know your limits. I'm guilty of trying to push through it because I don't want people to think I'm I'm weak or whatever. I went a week to CrossFit when our gym was open, and I think we had to do, it was a ton of burpees. One day was a lot of burpees, and the next day was like another 100 burpees or whatever. But I had strained my chest so bad, but I kept wanting to go back to the gym just because it was so fun. But every time I went back, burpees were on the, <laughs> on the workout or on the wad, on the chalkboard. And after a while, I was like, I, I gotta, can I switch to air squats or something, dude? My chest is killing me. I can't do these anymore. You gotta know your limits. So do any of you guys have any trips planned for the winter to keep those skills up? Because I feel like we can do all the fitness stuff in the world and come out, but that just makes us an Iceman rider. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can do fast laps at Luton at that point. But to do the kind of riding that we like to do and to keep the style in there. I know for me last year, I really worked on going higher on jumps and having a little bit different style to my riding. Like I always try to break something down and you can do it at the indoor places. Do you guys have anything on the books that you want to do for this winter? So for me, it's always, always a raise, always a joy ride. But for me, it's always like I go twice. Once so I can go and have fun, then once I can bring my six-year-old and he can have fun. I love bringing my kid, but when I do that, I don't ride much. It's it's more for him. So wherever I go, I go there twice. Once for dad and once for the kid. Last time you just left him with Kyle and I. 
Well, yeah. He hung out with Cam McCall. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> Decent company. Yeah. Yeah. He loves Kyle and Brian. Funny story. Last time we brought him with us, we rented a hotel and I brought an airbed for him. I said, all right, we got them all set up, gave him a blanket and all that, the floor, and me and Brian shared a bed, and Kyle was alone, and we woke up in the middle of the night, and my kid's sleeping with Kyle, and <laughs> sometime in the middle of the night, just crawled in the bed and was spooning with Kyle, and he, he still thinks it's hilarious. Like, he, he brings it up. He's like, remember that guy I slept with? I'm like, yep, I remember. <laughs> I mean, that was, I mean, that's a big moment. That was his first bike trip. Yeah, that was his first we real bike pizza, trip. We got pizza, we rode Rays for two days, he hung out with Cam McCall, yeah. got a picture with him. Killer. Yep. We went to the hot tub, we went to the pool. We, I wish that was my first bike yeah, trip. It was, 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 was a great time for him, but the thing he always remembers is, hey, remember that guy I slept with? <laughs> that, that's his number one go-to. He thinks that's hilarious. When was that? That was only two years ago? Last I think year. it was last year. It wasn't last year. I, think, I don't think it was. I, it last was, year was the first year I started bringing him to the Rays. Well, I remember thinking when he jumped into bed, because I have a three-year-old. She'll, well, actually, I have a four-year-old now. She just turned four. But I remember thinking... Okay, uh, that's got to be Grayson. His mattress probably went flat or something like that. Maybe he's cold or I don't, I don't know. I just remember thinking, I was like, it's fine. He, he wants to sleep in a bed. I would too. Why not? I don't know if he got cold or if he just thought it'd be funny. I'm guessing I, I think, he, just I think like, he thought it'd be funny because he talks about it all the time. Maybe. Uh, he's kind of a funny kid. It seems like he's got that personality where he's like, I'm going to do this and then whatever. <laughs> yeah, he didn't play the joke out until the morning. <laughs> Are you guys planning on coming for the second week of December? The Rays trip? Yeah. Yes, I am planning on that. Is that going to be a daddy and me or I a haven't daddy? Deci- I haven't decided yet. <laughs> Is mommy coming? I don't think so. But yeah, it depends. She who's listens. Going. She does. She she's the only significant other that listens to this. So <laughs> it depends who's going, whether I take them or not. I think. Side me up. You're in. I'm in. You're in like pee. Like pee. Yeah, you're in. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, wow, I'm embarrassed. That took me way too long. Uh, I think I'm going to echo Kellen here by saying Ray's definitely top of the list. Joyride might even go on top of Ray's because I've never been there. That's January. Okay. I'm hearing about all these for the first time. I'll have to get my calendar out, but sign me up. I want all the bike trips I can get on. Um, Does Shannon have a dirt jumper yet? Because there's two extra ones right there. If we can consider those rentals, I think you have a deal. If that means you guys will come, then yes. Ooh, you drive a hard bargain. Your I presence have. is payment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll pitch the idea. I'll do my best uh, Shark Tank impression when I get home. But Ohio, I think, uh, hoping to get there in January at some point. Go to Horns Hill if we get a good weekend that isn't totally gross and snowy. And then February 22nd. There's a Windrock trip that's starting to uh, shake out. So definitely keep you guys in the loop on that. Yeah, um, Windrock's always one I want to hit at least once in the winter. Yeah, yeah. Make sure the downhill bike still rolls. Did we go <laughs> last year? I think we went last year once. I know Keith was talking about wanting to go go on some boys trips again and get down to Windrock and Dayton. Yeah, Mike's you... Bike Park, underrated. Mike's, yeah, it is. Where's that? Dayton. Dayton. Halfway Ooh, to Windrock. Beautiful. And there's a outdoor park that is freaking sweet there too, and it's always like 30 degrees warmer there somehow. Yeah, that. What is that park called? I believe it's called one. the Trail Yard. Damn. They got a Velo Solutions Park that's one of the better ones. Yeah, it's probably my third favorite Velo Solutions. Yeah, my second one's also in Dayton though, the one that we went to coming back from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then they built something similar to the rail yard in Bentonville, and they call it the trail yard. <laughs> it's a big hill with like three jump lines down it. Yeah, some jumps. And... Yeah, one of them kind of sucks, but the other two are really, really fun. This is You can see it from I-75 going south, and it is in the parking lot of the basketball arena for the University of Dayton Flyers. Oh. Fun fact, it's always the first game of the NCAA tournament. Now you know. How about you, Kyle? Rays and Joyride 150. I think I got lucky last year with Joyride 150. We went in March. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. But no, I definitely Rays. That's all we have. Rays and Joyride. I'm kind of going back to what we talked about earlier with the Wisconsin Rays going down. That was definitely smaller. Had a lot better flow to it. I really wish that place was was back up and running. I think the Midwest could use a third location. The caves used to exist in Louisville. Louisville. I don't think those are a thing anymore. Uh, That was cool. I've been there once. Uh, Yeah, Ray's. 
Multiple trips to raise. Many times as I can in the winter, I'll take it. Other than that, I, I run stairs at the office. Uh, <laughs> I got a standing I, desk. Yeah, I have this. I also have the scooter I ride around uh, in the warehouse, which keeps my balance in check. Which that's true, but it's a scooter. I mean, the joyride trip was the start of this podcast. It, it was. was, yeah, yeah. The car that's ride true. there. Wait, give me the origin story. Oh, no one's ever asked us that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks. Turn thanks the tables. Asking. I was asking us the questions. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I told these guys, I think people would like to hear us talk about all of our fun bike trips we've done over all the years, and all the experience we have, and all the traveling we've done, and all the cool people like you, and Nick, and Alex, and all the others to come, Yep, <laughs> that uh, we've met over the years, and our perspective on mountain biking being different, where we push progression, and... Uh, we push having fun over everything else. We just wanted to let other riders know that we existed, basically. Yeah, I think it was originally your idea. You kind of brought it to me. Talked to Kyle, and Kyle was in, too. Dude, and unofficially, Adam. Yeah. Oh, yeah I know he's, 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 he's wanting to come on at some point soon. When I found out we were recording tonight, I floated out a couple options. And it's hard to try to nail someone down on a Friday night, but... What are you trying to say? I got nothing else to do? <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding no i i've been really happy with everything we've done so far and the way it's going and the people that we've had on just because other people don't know them yet they should yeah everyone we hang out with is cool they tend to have a gravitational effect right yeah, yeah they like, do. It, i would i would agree i'll uh i'll chime in so so yeah, when you asked me about it, it's kind of a funny story because we were on our way to Joyride, which is six hours? Five and a half. Five and a half, okay. So I had every intention on working on some video projects of wake surfing. My brother-in-law bought a wake surfing boat and we had a whole summer of wake surfing in. So I had all this video, like way too much video, drone video, GoPro video, iPhone video, way too much of it. I had to make use of it. I kind of, I told him, I was like, I'm going to get this video to you. It's going to be great. You know, you got this new boat, sweet. So I planned on using the trip down there or up there, over there, over over there to work (laughs) on this video that then, I don't know, an hour into the drive, Brian pitches this idea and it's about bikes. It's about podcasts. It's sharing the story of your bike story, essentially with friends and people in an audience. And I was just kind of immediately sold on the idea because ever since I got started, it's always been what do I do with this experience? Like it's, it's so much fun. I just have to, I just have to share it and to do something with it. So I kind of thought this was a good medium to do that in addition to YouTube videos or Instagram or whatever. But this is something we can share with other people. And I think being that now we're into our third guest, you know, the guest side of things is really cool. You meet new people. Yeah. I needless to say my wake surf video got pushed back and won't be coming out now till Christmas of 2023. But as soon as you guys pitched me, the idea I was sold on it from a, an editing technical standpoint. It's a lot of work, but I think it's totally worth it. Yeah. I think it's turned out good. I, yeah. So as a listener coming in at that first episode, I think what comes off immediately is, is how genuine you three are. And there's a real friendship here and just a real desire to grow the sport and not gatekeep, I I think is a really good way to say it. We can get stuck in like, hey, I'm a high level rider. I only ride with high level people. What is awesome about this group and this podcast in general is it's approachable and anybody can get something out of it. Whether it's your first year riding or you've been at it for a number of years, maybe you learn about a new spot or a new technique or a new race like bootleg. I think there's something for everybody here. And it's super, super cool to see what you guys are doing. And I hope you keep rolling with it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, not being a gatekeeper, inviting everyone in is big. Getting new people into it all the way up to people that have been doing it forever, longer than I have. And, you know, we met you when you were first getting into it. Watch you kind of grow up and get good. Making friends at all skill levels, all ages, just sharing what you love. Watching everyone grow up has been so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's about to cry for everyone. We just get to home. watch Brian get older. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched everybody go from <laughs> average to super good, better than me. Sucks. <laughs> There's that competitiveness again, but no, it really is great to get everyone in there. I think this will wrap up our winter plans episode. Hopefully we'll be coming back at you with some fun guests in the near future. 
Craig, it's been awesome having you with us. I had so much fun. Could you uh, tell the listeners where they could follow you if they're interested? Yeah, my minimally updated Instagram is Craig Frazee. Um, and then just a couple of videos on YouTube by the same name. So thanks a lot, you guys. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> Rock on, guys. And you can follow us on Instagram at Pedal Progressions. You can email the show if you have an opinion about Kellen's question or a better answer than we had. You can send us at pedalprogressions at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know if you keep your sentimental bike chain also. Yeah. Or if you have something else. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe a pair of grips you can't part with that you store somewhere. Or bring them to bootleg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> here's, here's a brand new chain for you. Or if you have any ideas on what to do with an old chain, any craft ideas, <laughs> Pinterest it or whatever. All right, well, thanks, guys. And remember, uh, keep progressing, keep pushing yourself, and have fun. Thanks. See ya. Bye-bye.